first class trip across the Atlantic. Make sure you put them laces out. I've been out and about, and I'm loud, cause I found another sound, and I'll pound on the ground for my guys across the pond. Kick is matter, that's their song. Trust me when that word is gone. Y'all can clap, clap, sing along, but. On a wheel, they got some real deal analysis Take the wheel, I think I feel like a catalyst For this build, you know your boy is never out of it Matter of fact, I think I'll go and win a championship KMWO, KMWO, man you know how this go Yeah, KMWO, kick his matter world order Man, y'all already know, let's go Right, good evening everyone. Welcome to the Kickers Matter Devi podcast. Um, back with you for this, what, five weeks into the season, uh, mid-season episode. Uh, we are, what are we, 14th of October. Um, I think the last podcast that we rolled out was back in August time, so it's been a while. Uh, I'm joined as ever by Alan. How are you doing, mate? Hey Jason, how are we doing? Yeah, good, thank you. And tonight we've got Jack on as well. Um, he's back to talk through some players with us tonight. Jack, how are you doing, bud? I'm all right, thanks, Jason. You all right? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. It's been a uh, it's been a wild season NFL wise, and I think just as much of a wild season college wise, isn't it? Yeah, the college players seem to be able to lock down the uh, COVID situation a little bit better than the NFL. And, well, well, yeah, they're either that. I don't, I don't, don't, I don't, don't know. I don't know about that. Than the Tennessee Titans, should I say? I think Florida have had something like sixteen Brilliant. cases in the last couple of days. I read. All right. <laughs> just before, just before they bring ninety thousand people back to the swamp as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's sensible. Um, right. As long as we have... pit, don't get it. It's, it's all good. <laughs> Sorry? I said, as long as Kyle Pitts doesn't get it, it's all good. So what we're going to run through tonight then is uh, we're going to talk through our Devi roster uh, that we drafted in the international podcast, Campus to Canton League. Um, we're going to catch you up with that. Uh, we're supposed to be doing that last month, but we haven't. Um, so we'll let you know who we drafted and why we picked them going through that. And then we're going to do a stock up and stock down. We've got a few players that potentially weren't on many people's Devi radar. If they were, they were deep Devi players um, that have sort of rised to um, the sort of status where you're going to need to take note of them coming potentially coming into the NFL. Um, so that'll be stock up, stock down. Um, and then we'll just have a general catch up on um, on on players that are um, where they're at, guys that we were we were potentially high on um, rankings wise, whether we we've hit or missed on them so far. So um, starting off then with the Debbie draft. So we had how many people were in the league? Did we have was it was it ten podcasts we had on or was it twelve? Twelve. It was yeah, it was twelve, and we picked from the number two position on the snake. Um, it's a super flex league. Uh, obviously, the way it worked, we drafted the the uh, Canton side first, um, and then we came back and we we went to the Canton side after that. So uh, super flex. Who did we have in the Who did we have in the Canton side? Was there? In, oh, I can't even remember. 
uh, quarterback wise, we had I think we had Watson, Stafford, Cam. Um, we went quite young. I think we took DeAndre Swift. You you drafted all the Lions, Alan Swift and Hawkinson. You drafted <laughs> so. Um, that, that, that's working out well. Yeah, I I don't think we're I, I think we we're one and four on the uh, on the Canton side of things, but. Um, Campus side, I mean, the players, are, we're not actually playing it because obviously not all the players are playing, but um, some of the guys that we, that we took late on have, have turned out to be some real gems. So we'll run through them now. Uh, pick number two, we picked Justin Fields. Lawrence went number one. Obviously, Fields hasn't had a chance to play yet. There are talks of the Big Ten uh, kicking off. When, when, when we're looking at, Alan, the next sort of two weeks, I think it is, isn't it? 26, isn't it? Yeah, end of October. So that'll be great to see him back. Um, I, I personally, I don't know what your thoughts were on players that opted out due to COVID because there's been a couple that opted out and then were like, oh, hang on, maybe not, maybe I should play. I, 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 don't, I personally don't think it does any of them, any of their stock, draft stock, any better than, than what it already was. Um, you know, you've got guys like Jamar Chase who thought he would um, opt out and still be the wide receiver one. And all that's happening is, you know, players like Jalen Waddle and that are, are just, well, I say catching up, in my opinion, probably overtaking them. Um, so I can't see, looking through it, the list of everyone who's who's opted out. I can't see I think it depends. It depends on some of them. Some of some of the players is not going to impact. Probably some of the you know, Penny Sewell is still going to go one or two. Nicky Parsons is still going to go in the top ten. The quarterbacks, I think, were going to be pretty badly affected. I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're, we're talking a Devi standpoint, so we're talking about skill position players here, aren't we? So obviously, the left tackle yeah. Sewell is probably the best defensive lineman I've ever seen since I've been watching college football. Um, Mika Parsons up at Penn State is obviously a you know he's going to be a, a top fifteen pick in the NFL draft. I don't I think there's been enough of them guys that have been seen, um, but that they, they, their jobs aren't based around stats particularly. Um, and these offensive players that you know decide to opt out and and you know rescind a year of of playing time. You know ultimately, uh, as good as they are on tape, stats don't lie, and scouts like players that have you know that have produced in college so there's a couple, there's, couple there's, of there's, 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 there's definitely some outside out of mind stuff to go on with with Chase although Bateman's not going to play isn't he so that probably wouldn't affect him quite so quite yeah so he's going to U-turn hasn't he so um, he'll, he'll be joining Minnesota when the Big Ten starts again so um, you know you could see Bateman overtake Chase as well for me Waddle already has um Waddle definitely has for for me. Yeah, it, it's difficult to tell because you're you're still going to get that that pre-draft process where Chase could show up again and draw and bring himself back into people's minds. It's just whether people remember him enough um, yeah. not to allow some of these guys to move past them. That's that's going to be the challenge for him. But the quarterbacks, I think, were Fields was going to struggle. I think he was going to drop a bit had he not played. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's good for him. And I think Trey Lance has, has fallen probably by playing a single game. Yeah, fair one. Yeah. Uh, breaking news, by the way, I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, Tamori and Terry is out for a couple of weeks, undergoing knee surgery. Apparently. Right. I wonder whether he's been playing through that because I haven't been too impressed with what I've seen from Terry. No, he's, uh, he's suffered a lot of the drops, hasn't he? 
Um, I wasn't that high on him. Um, on the, I know we talked about him on the last pod, but you know, unbelievable potential there. But he just—I don't think he's been paired with a with a quarterback, um, an offensive line, and, a, and an offensive scheme that that suits his his play just to, just as of yet. But um, that'll be interesting to see what he does. Is he, is he a junior, Terry? He's, he could still stay back for a senior year. Yeah, yeah he could still yeah. Stay, stay back for a senior. Yeah. Right, so getting back to the draft then, to the back of round two, we took Seth Williams as our first wide receiver. Um, a guy that all three of us really like. Um, I've seen a couple of articles on a few different sites saying that he's stocked down a little bit. Um, I, I wouldn't agree with that. From what I've watched of, of Seth Williams so far, he, he just looks like an NFL receiver. Um, he's... He's not had um, – if he goes at the rate he's going at the minute, his reception total isn't going to be very high. Um, he should still cross the 1,000-yard threshold um, going the way he's going. But um, they're using him down the field and in the red zone, um, and he's not getting as many looks as what he had last season. But I, I've been impressed from what I've seen from him. Um, he, he can go up and, and win a ball against some of the best DBs in college football. Um, and I think he'll translate well to the NFL, but he needs to, um, he, he has a, a slight issue with uh, concentrated drops. He seems to, if it's, if it's a difficult ball to catch, he catches it. If it's, you know, he catches a, a slant in wide open space, then, you know, he'll turn his head before he's made the, made the catch and, and drop the ball. And it's a couple of things that he needs to work on still, but, um, I just got his stats up here, actually. I'm, I'm probably a bit more worried about him than you, than you are, Jason. I think, you know, it's, it's tough to see how much is how much is Williams and how much is Bonex. It looks pretty dreadful so far this year. Yeah, I mean, Bonex has, hasn't been great, has he? So, I mean, Auburn haven't yeah. been haven't been great for for, for a big program. Um, like I say, I, I'm not. I think scouts will see enough and like enough in Seth Williams that I'm not worried about him from an NFL standpoint. Um, I, I where does he go though? Where, where, where do you think he goes from a could, I mean, draft? So it's going to be pretty right. important, and the capital's going to be important. Where, where yeah, do you think I, I, think he's a day, I think he's a day two pick. Um, Second I think, I think I have no issue going in round two, back end of round two. Even in this class, I, I can't see him going the second round in this class. Well, what we got to look at is you know Brian Edwards went in round three. Similar production profile um, as what Seth Williams had. And he came into the draft injured and didn't complete any of the combine process. I think the NFL are like Seth Williams. Um, and I, yeah, I, 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 would, I would be shocked if he made it past pick 90. Shocked. Williams is actually out of their game this week, just um, against South Carolina. What is it? What's what's happened with him? Because I know he took a knock and he went off. It's a lower body injury, apparently. He came back onto the field after he'd gone off, so I thought he'd be all right. But he is actually averaging um, more receiving yards after the catch this year than he has um, than he did last year. Sorry, he's he's, uh, freshman year. He was he was averaging twenty. He's half into though, isn't he? I mean, it's Nick's isn't isn't throwing the ball well um and you know like i say i think our whole offense is struggling as it is um moving on to pick uh, pick three we took a guy that we all liked uh in Bijan robinson uh way too early to uh, in my opinion to to say all that i i I didn't think with all the talent that texas had that he was going to come in and you know be the main ball carrier there i don't think any of us expected that um I, i would be quite happy if he if he just got the the five to six carries that he's getting a game at the minute in his freshman year and then Keontae Ingram moves on and you know he um 
he gets a chance in his sophomore year. However, I wouldn't be surprised if down the back end of the season, if Texas are struggling, that they start to use him more because I, the game at the weekend, they really struggled to run the ball, Texas, um, against Oklahoma. Uh, they were, yeah, I mean, and, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma aren't known for having an overly strong run defence, but it, it was embarrassing trying to watch Tech. You know, they're picking up one yard, going back one yard, picking up two yards, going back a yard. It was, it was I just think that at some point they'll think we need to use our best players here and, and give him a shot. So we'll keep our eye on him. Yeah. Um, round four coming back, we took John Emery Jr., which I think Jack's going to talk about a bit later on. Um, he hasn't looked good. He hasn't really been involved much at all for LSU. Uh, I, thought you were going to blame, I thought you were blaming Jack for that pick there for a minute. That was Jack's pick. <laughs> no, I did say I was worried about the whole LSU scheme. This yeah. Year. Yeah. Um, before um, when, oh, I can't remember it must have been early this year um, I said that but yeah I was worried with the uh, what was going to happen big changes there a load of the class this year come from an issue so yeah I was worried it's not just that they're doing a great, the doing, doing a great job making. you know the whole the Joe, yeah. Brady, Joe Brady's gone to Carolina yep. you know, you've got a, a Heisman quarterback that, that's gone to the NFL like you say and it's just they don't see the, the top class receiver. It's gone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's it, they're, they're not it's not very enjoyable to watch at the minute. LSU. So um, I, I I'm worried about John Emery as well. Um, obviously, very very talented guy, but I I just I don't know where we're going to go from here with him. Um, Averaging more yard rushing yards again um, than he did in his freshman year. Um, he's on the 137 rushing yards at the minute for the season. Yeah, it's the it's the involvement for me. They just they've used yeah. too many backs. He's up they're obviously not comfortable enough with him being, you know, a a three down back with the the amount of usage that they've given to the other backs there. That's the only it's one. What, it's what I said to you before we come on, um I saw a tweet yesterday, I think it was, about Clyde Edwards Alaire and that they used four or five different backs on the goal line last year. Yeah. yeah. So. Um what another thing to note on John Emery as well is he, he has struggled in pass protection and the coaches have been, um, you know, that they, they, they've been open and public about that as well. So I didn't care with CEH. <laughs> no, they didn't. No, um, I think CEH fitted that Joe Brady scheme better anyway, but it's a, it's a shame really because I think John Emery in the same scheme would have done well. But anyway, um, round five, uh, took my guy, uh, Rakeem Jarrett. I've been very, very high on Jarrett. He's my wide receiver two um, coming out this year. Freshman wide receiver two. Uh, obviously hasn't played a snap yet at Maryland. Um, so we'll wait and see once the Big Ten kicks off. Um, I, I can't. They've got three fairly solid receivers in Maryland. So I don't know how much he's going to get on the field as a freshman. But he is their prize asset you know he's the biggest name that they've had in in in, in a few years um that they've recruited in a few years and i know that they went to helen back to convince him to sign there so hopefully we see it we see a little bit of involvement from him early on um quite a lot of, quite a lot of good talk around him and like about all they are actually suggesting that there's some sort of connection to the happening so well they've been working be out together in the off season yeah so you know that, that's what we hope to see. Um, I think Tolio Tagliaviola put a, a tweet out when uh, when 
I think it was a similar time when when Jarrett signed us when he transferred and and stuff and um, yeah they've they've obviously been building a rapport already but we got to see out on the field. There's a tough division he's going to be going against. I I think he he would translate to the NFL best as a, as a slot guy early on. Um, he's a very 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 good route runner. Um, you know because. I don't know from a strength standpoint if he'd be able to stand up against you know these big physical number one corners just yet, but we'll see how he goes. Uh, round six, we took CJ Stroud. A um, little bit of a handcuff to Justin Fields, really. Um, he's freshman uh, coming in there, four star. Um, he's going to sit behind Fields until until Fields has gone to the NFL, and then unless. You know, something dramatic changes. You'd expect him to take over the reins there as well. I see a lot um, in uh, CJ Stroud from what I see in Justin Fields when he was coming out of high school. He's not as big as Justin Fields. Um, I, I don't think he would be able to deal with getting hit behind a poor NFL offensive line as well as Justin Fields would. But um, he's got good anticipation of his throws. He's mobile in and out the pocket. Um, we were quite pleased to get him at that stage of the draft. Um, round seven, we took Frank Ladson out of Clemson. Um, Joe Nagata went really early because um, he was expected to, to be the guy there for Clemson. I, obviously, I've watched quite a bit of Clemson this season. I've been quite impressed with what I've seen from Ladson. Um, I don't know if, if you guys have seen a lot of him, but he, um, he's... He's very quick for a big guy, um, and I think he's 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 finding space for for Lawrence when plays break down. Uh, he, he seems like quite an intelligence lad. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm claiming I'm claiming credit for this one because I was high on lads and all the yeah. way through the summer, high, higher than I was on Nata. Um, it's definitely something to show. I think he, he's going to. He's definitely going to be a player. It's a good pick at a good time. Almost makes up for the Emory pick that Jack shows. <laughs> Little pat on the back, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've just got Ladson's um, stats in front of me again. Yeah, it's, everything's trending in the right direction. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great pick in the seventh round. He right. just needs to... He struggled with a few like niggles and injuries um, coming into the season with you know, with his hammies and stuff. And I just hope he's not one of them, you know, big, fast NFL wide receivers that just has a hamstring issue every time. Yeah, that's that's my only issue. I think he's a different type of player to Will Fuller. But I, I do worry if, you know, if if he has to move into the slot or, you know, or anything like that, whether, you know, if he starts getting knocked about a bit, if, if he picks up injuries, he just, I just want to see him just play all year. That's all I want from him. Um, round eight, we took, uh, this was a placeholder. So I think this was, uh, Michael Meyer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, uh, freshman who has been mighty impressive in, in my opinion. Um, Notre Dame have looked, have looked pretty decent. Um, and obviously as a freshman at the tight end position, you, you don't see much production from freshman tight ends and, he was involved from the first snap of the first game right the way through. I think, have you got his stats up there, Jack? I think he's, he caught a touchdown just looking, after the just, just looking for him now, mate. Um, so I, I've seen a few clips of, of Notre Dame games and um, the quarterback looks his way in the red zone regularly. 
Um, and, and I think he's going to be, I think he's going to, you've got potential for him to potentially develop into a first round NFL draft pick. He's got the size um, and if the production goes with it as well, then really excited about him. He definitely looks like the best freshman tight end um, in college football. <laughs> Don't let me bite. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm still looking for these stats. That's all right. We'll, we'll move on. He's had, I think he's he's averaging about three catches a game, which is pretty solid. I'm pretty happy with that. But I'm I'm pretty sure he scored a he scored a touchdown last weekend, and um, that was nice to see. Um, the round after that, then what we on round eight? Uh, we took Jalen Berger out of um, Wisconsin. Yeah, hasn't obviously freshman running back, Big Ten haven't played yet. We'll wait and see. Alan. And I both liked him um, coming in. Um, he's kind of got forgotten about as a four-star in a loaded running back class coming in. But um, I, I just think the depth there, now that Taylor's gone, I, I mean, I can see him getting Jamar Gibbs-type workload as a freshman. Do you know what I mean? I'd agree. He, he, looks, he looks pretty, pretty good. Probably the best O-line in college football. He's going to... He's going to get yards. He's going to look very impressive. I would think almost by default, and he's got the talent that's almost like going to rocket him up the up the yeah. list. I mean, he's he's probably a, lot, a number of years away from being a, um, much of a debut asset because no doubt being at Wisconsin, he'll stay there for four years and they'll run him into the ground. And, and we'll see I'll start happens. I'll start flying through the rest of these then because we've got ten minutes left before um, we we need to sort of have a break, finish this, and move on to the next section. So. Um, we then went with JT Daniels, uh, quarterback transfer at Georgia. Haven't seen any of him yet. Uh, we then took Khalil Shakir from Boise State. Uh, then we went Daniel Ngata, another freshman uh, running back out of Arizona State. Uh, then we went Sam Hartman out of Wake Forest. Uh, he's been pretty steady, Eddie, so far. Um, I'm kind of hoping for, for a bit of a breakout from him, but um, that's that's not happened just yet. But He's uh, he's obviously as as a sophomore. He's he's you know that's his job now. So we're going to see him for two more years. Uh, then we went Kenny Walker, um, running back out of Wake Forest, who is one of my stock up guys. He's looked brilliant. Um, been really really impressed with what I've seen from him. He's missed on a couple of pass blocking assignments, given away two sacks. Um, so he needs to work on that, but. In terms of running the football, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him, and they've been using him in the in the screen game as well. Um, then we went Asher O'Hara, um, quarterback out of Middle Tennessee. Then we went with Amarian Brown, uh, sophomore receiver out of Georgia Tech, one of Allen's boys, um, really exciting player. Um, then we went with one of our best picks that we made, uh, Hunter Long, the tight end out of Boston College, who is currently the number one tight end in college football. Um, in terms of production, um, I don't. Obviously, he's not going to live up to as a junior to the sort of Kyle Pitts and um, Brevin Jordan hype. But uh, you know, you you could be looking at him as potentially taking over from Pat Framalf as as the number three tight end there, uh, depending obviously on how Penn State get on. But he's looked really, really good in all aspects of the game. Then we took Seth McGowan, who again was a, a really good pick. Um, Freshman running back for Oklahoma. Obviously, Kennedy Brooks uh, opted out. And 
they gave Seth McGowan the ball, quite a bit of the ball. Um, he went off injured last weekend and I think he's due to miss the game this weekend. So we might not see him for a week or two, but he's looked good. Then we're on Carson Beck, uh, quarterback out of Georgia, freshman quarterback. Then we went Austin Watkins, junior receiver out of UAB. Uh, I had him in a college league last year and he put up over a thousand yards and gave, got me lots of points and he seems to be on track to do a similar thing again this year. Um, then we went Penny Boone, uh, freshman running back for Maryland. Then we went Brian Robinson, wide receiver for Florida State, hasn't seen the field yet. Uh, then we went Hank Backmeyer, sophomore quarterback out of Boise State. Then we went Brian Robinson, um, don't know how he was still on the board this late on, uh, junior, sorry, senior running back uh, for Alabama. Obviously, he's in the shadow of Najee Harris, but he's actually seen, I think, more snaps than what Trey Sanders had has so far uh, as the number two back there. And the way Sanders has played, he's going to see more and more and more as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, Easton Dean. Like Debbie Darling. <laughs> Trey Sanders. I think, we, uh, I think he's, a, he's a stock down, I think, Trey Sanders. Yeah. Uh, Easton Dean, freshman tight end for Iowa State. I haven't seen a lot of him yet. Uh, Kobe Hudson, freshman wide receiver for Auburn. Uh, and Jimmy Williams, uh, wide receiver um, for South Carolina. Uh, Terrell Jenner, another wide receiver. Um, Javante Williams then that we went with, which has been a, a really good pick there uh, for North Carolina uh, in round 29. Um, <laughs> he's looked like an NFL type running back. Really pleased with what I've seen out of him. Um, I think they, we were scathing about their running backs in the summer as well. I think we said yeah. that Carter and Williams were both ordinary players, would never amount to anything. I think they uh, might have that wrong. Yeah, well, no, I mean, we, um, I think we like what we've seen from him, didn't we? we? We discussed it. I don't know how much. He kind of sort of um, lost interest a little bit towards the end, and I was sort of just suggesting guys, and we were like, yeah, if we, if we like what we've seen from them or if we heard of them, then, we, then we'd take them. But... Um, he was a guy that we knew was going to be in a committee and he is, and he is in a committee, but I think he's the most talented back in that committee. Um, and, and hopefully we, he should, you know, he should see a, potentially an early day free NFL. Um, it's really quite, it's close. So it's interesting. They both look like NFL running backs all of a sudden. It'd be interesting to see which of the two of them translates better. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I think they'll both, you know, that they will both be drafted, you know, Pretty, they, I don't think they're going to go undrafted. So, um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see as the season goes on. They're quite similar running backs as well, how they're used. And then with the last pick of the draft, um, I, I was scaling through, reading through some articles, and I come across a video um, on the, the Longhorns website um, of from Joshua Moore. Um, their, their wide receiver, their sophomore wide receiver, um, who I'll talk about in a bit on our stock up. Um, I mean, to get him in round 30 and match it with the production that he's he's had this year was probably the steal of the draft for any of our to any of these teams. Um, he's like I say, I'll, I'll talk about him a bit later on, but I think he got forgotten about in a very talented um, Texas wide receiving core um, and he, he's, he's going to be the Z there now this season and next season um, and Sam Erlinger loves him 
Um, I mean, the, the first play of, of the Texas's season, he caught a slant and went 74 yards for a touchdown. The first, the first ever play of the season. So, and then it's just gone up from there. I think he's, I don't know, Jack, if you've got his stats up, but I think he's up to seven touchdowns already, I think. I haven't, actually. No, sorry. So that's obviously a bit of coverage on, on um, the Devi team that we've drafted. Um, and then some of these guys may come up um, in our stock up and stock down. Uh, but, but that's who we've gone with and we can't do anything with that. There's no waivers in that league. So we can't do any of that until the supplemental draft um, next February. So I think overall pretty pleased, especially with some of our late round picks. What do you think? We were better later in the draft than we were earlier, not Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right. Um, what we're going to move on to is our stock up and stock down section. Yep. Right. We're going to get into um, stock up, stock down. So Alan's got a quarterback, a running back receiver and a tight end who are all uh, on the ascent. Um, with how they've been playing this season and I've got the same so do you want to start us off Alan with your quarterback there we go that wasn't me <laughs> that was me sorry <laughs> at least it wasn't at least it wasn't porn yeah well it could have been porn <laughs> didn't have all that man <laughs> So where are we? My quarterback. Uh, stock up is Kion Fask of Florida. Are we yeah. going through them quarterback by quarterback? So what can you really say about Trask so far? I think came into the season, I probably had him as QB6 on my rankings. Has more than surpassed that. Is definitely QB4. Could be QB3, depending on what you think about Trey Lance. Right, looks the part. Great size, looks like an NFL quarterback. Not really much more you can say, I think, at the moment. But if, if he keeps this going um, for the rest of the season, he'll, he'll most likely be a, be a first round pick. Yeah, I had um, I had a chat with someone on Twitter about him. Um, I think it was last week. He looks more composed and is making better decisions than what he did last year. Like you said, he's got NFL size. I just need to see him, you know, I, I put a tweet out saying that, I, you know, I need to see him win a big game. And then someone went on and said, oh, he beat LSU or, or something like that. I, yeah, what I need to see is I need to see Florida in the playoffs and Kyle Trask put that team on his back and, you know, and beat a, a title contender. That's, that's what I need to see. Um because you know all the tangibles are there, but I just I just don't know how much of a how much of a, of a winner he is. Um, you know, they, they talked about Deshaun Watson coming out of of Clemson. You know, the fact that he was a winner. You know, and he had nerves of steel. And I just I need to see that from Carl Trask. But like you say, the, uh, the the tangibles are there, and he's certainly stock up. Who's um, who's your running back, mate? Uh, running back is. Also from the state of Florida, but it's uh, Cameron Harris from Miami. Yeah, talk us through Harris then. I, mean, I, was, I was pretty sceptical on Harris last year. Um, I, I thought he was a bit one-dimensional, bit of a power back. Wasn't really living up to the, the hype that he was recruited with. And I think so far this season, we've seen every 
everything that you would have wanted from him and everything that suggests he, he could be a back at the next level. Worth watching. I think probably the bit that really, really caught me, I think we were actually talking about it just the day after, which is uh, was in the, the Ole Miss game to start the season. The burst that he suddenly showed, I really had no idea that he had that kind of next level speed. Yeah. At that size, to be able to, to have that change of pace makes him a really interesting back at the next level. Struggled a bit against Clemson and Saturday, which was, was a worry. I'd be interested to see how he bounces back from that. But I think compared to where he was at the start of the season, he's he's gone way up in, in, in our rankings and I think in most people's estimation. Yeah, he's shot up on Devi Watch as well. And I think he's, he's, he is climbing. Um, I picked him up, I think, in a, in a league last week as well. He was he was available, and I, I think I think with Cameron Harris is I think he's got sub four five speed, like you say. Um, I think he's going to test well. He can he's proved he can catch the ball, and, and and I and I mean, run a variety of routes as opposed to just catch dump offs as well. Um, the Clemson game was a worry, but I mean Clemson stop. You just can't run the ball on Clemson. You haven't been able to run on them for years. The, the, the only issue is, is he one of these running backs that get pads his stats out against lower level opposition, but then cracks every time he plays a, you know, a, a top-notch defence? That's what we need to see because he's going to be playing a top-notch defence every week in the NFL and you know, he needs to be able to prove that he can, he can do it against the best opposition. I, I don't actually think Miami were that sold on Cameron Harris. So they, I think they took two four-star freshmen running back this year, uh, running backs this year, um, who were both, I think Don Chaney Jr. And, and, and someone else, they, they were both really highly touted coming out of high school. They named Harris the starter before the season and they gave him the first crack at it in, in, in the first game of the season. And I think they were just blown away by what he did. And it was like, all right, well, we'll just continue feeding him the ball. And I think if he keeps playing well, that they will continue feeding him the ball. My worry is, is if he has a patch of two or three games where he doesn't do a lot, I don't think it will take much for Miami to go away from him with all that talent that they've got in the backfield. Nope, fair shot. Receiver? I'm kind of cheating on receiver a little bit, but I, I don't think we can really go a podcast without talking about him. Um, it's uh, Jalen Waddle, who for me is is now the undisputed wide receiver one in in this class. I was pretty high on him coming into the season, so I probably am cheating a little bit, but I, I think he's moved past any other receiver. He'll definitely go in the top 10. He's unbelievably explosive. Pretty much a complete receiver. Um, beyond that, there's there's almost nothing not to like. I think Waddle looked. If you if you looked closely last year, bear in mind they had Henry Ruggs, they had who else? They have there Devonta Smith. You know they had they had a, a lot of quality wide receivers there last year, and you watched Waddle, and he just had that little special something. You know he didn't just have you know, the explosive speed like what Henry Ruggs had. He he, he just, he had something special. Um, and I think like you were high on him because, you know, with Ruggs going, you knew he was going to see more of the ball and that man probably have more opportunities to, to, to showcase what he could do. And that's exactly what he's done. I, th- I think I agree with you. I think he's wide receiver one. 
for the 2021 class. I mean, he was already a top 10 Devi asset anyway. Um, so it's just a case of where you move him up to. But I don't see how, when you haven't seen Jamar Chase for a year, the last time that we saw Jamar Chase was in that LSU system. And you do wonder if he hadn't of um, opted out, what he would have been like this year in that LSU system. You, I don't think you can, you know, Waddle's doing it with Matt Jones. He did it with Tua. He's doing it with, with Matt Jones. And uh, he's wide receiver one. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. And I think what you, what's going to work in his favour as well as I mean, this, if you have the chance to watch the Raiders and Chiefs game from from the weekend, is that the difference Ruggs makes to that Raiders offense, their ability to, to stretch the field. Teams are going to look at Ruggs and then his ability to do that, and they're going to clamour for Waddle. Yeah, and, and I think he's better than Ruggs. I, I do think he's. Better. I, I agree. I agree. Um, tight end. Who we got? Tight end, uh, this, this one be interesting, but to me, uh, and again, it's a little bit of a cheat because I was already quite high on him to start the season, but I think I think he's made a leap again. Um, it's Brevin Jordan, um, again with my I've probably spent too much time with the, the, the Florida team starting a bit early. I've probably seen a bit more of them this season, but, but Brevin Jordan, I, I think, and this is probably a bit of a controversial view at the moment, but I, I think he's tight end one. I, I would dis- I would disagree, but I can totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, I, and I know why, and I'll, I'll let you talk about Pitts in a minute because I know you're going to. But, but to me, the, there's an athletic difference between the two that makes Jordan a more attractive Debbie prospect. Uh, I think it's going to it's going to make him more than likely go higher in the draft. The draft capital and the athleticism for me is, would make him a, make him a stronger Debbie asset. But I yeah, I mean. It's difficult to say anything too bad about Pitts the way he's playing at the moment. I, I just wonder about his, his athleticism and whether he has that top end um, athletic profile that you'd want for a tight end who's going to, who's going to be a high pick. So, uh, so I'll start with my guy then. So I'll start at tight end with Pitts just because we, we'll do it. We'll, you know, we'll have a little chat about Pitts and, and Jordan. And so, Carl Pitts, four star prospect coming out, um, six five. 6'6", uh, 240, 245. Um, stats this year are, um, you know, mind-boggling how well he started. I mean, I read after week two, I read an article from a very well-respected ESPN writer that had him down as in the running for the Heisman. I mean, that's obviously only two weeks into the season, but the day that the tight end wins the Heisman, you know, we'll see. Um, He's got, for me, he's got better size than Brevin Jordan. Um, I kind of look at it as a little bit like the year that OJ Howard and David Njoku came out. Um, both went first round. Um, the NFL does like the whole Njoku, Evan Ingram, you know, type receiver, the athletic uh, type tight end. The I was going to say that. Does he not remind you of Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram's a lot, he's smaller, I think, isn't he? But yeah. Um, Pets him in. Evan Ingram's smaller than Pitts. And he's yeah. far more athletic as well. Yeah, I, the, Pitts is nothing like Evan Ingram to me. I, it's, you're like, are you saying he's more like Jordan, Jack? Are you? Sorry? Are you saying Ingram's more like Jordan? No, I, I, I was saying, um, it, I, I, I personally thought it, um, Ingram was a bit, well, Pitts was a bit like Ingram. Oh, so. no. I mean, Pitts isn't going to run anywhere near as quick as Ingram. He's about... 15 pounds heavier and about three inches taller. Um, 
he's more. I just mean the way they play. Like you're not gonna. I don't think you get a lot of blocking out of pits or anything like that. I don't think he's an all-round tight end. I just think he's that athletic. See, see, that was what I was going to come to. See, for me, the difference between Kyle Pitts and Brevin Jordan is Pitts is a better blocker. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. He's he is a package. He was a first-round tight end, like nailed on. He can block. He can. Um, you know, he's, he's a red zone threat. I, I just, like you say, the only downfall is he's not that athletic. Like, you couldn't go and just stick him in the slot and expect him to, you know, carve out ridiculous routes. It's, it, it wouldn't happen. Whereas, you know, Brevin Jordan could do that. Brevin Jordan could also, you could, you know, send him on a go route and he could, he would, he could beat a DB with, with his speed. He's, He's more of an athletic three, a freak. So, you know, we'll see what the NFL likes more. But I can see Pitts getting on the field earlier in the NFL because he can block. And I can see Pitts fitting more current NFL schemes. Um, my only worry with Brevin Jordan is he needs to go to, and we've talked about this before, he needs to go to an offensive genius and play in a, yep. a good system. Because if he goes... I think that's true of all tight ends, Jason. I think, I think you're looking at tight ends. Evan Ingram's a great tight end. He's on a terrible team. I have no idea how to use him. And he's, he's just um, stagnated. He's, he's, they've done nothing with him. Yeah, and that's the truth. But of that's it. my worry with Evan Jordan. Yeah, which is entirely, it's absolutely entirely possible. Draft stall, draft capital, which team do and landing spot for tight ends is about as important as it is for any position. So, and, I mean, looking at the stats... Brevin Jordan, seven touchdowns, 17 receptions, 274 yards. He's averaging more yards per catch than Brevin Jordan, and he's averaging a, a, a deeper depth of target than Brevin Jordan. However, that has probably got to do with a quarterback play. I was going to say, Kyle Trask and Derek King are not necessarily comparable. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you got to find your guy and, and stick to him. And, uh, you know, I think for me, Kyle Pitts is tight end one. But I, I, I can see both of these guys going in round one. And I think they're, I mean, I, Jack was very, very high on Hawkinson coming out. I, I liked Hawkinson coming out. He was my number one. Pick yeah. I, I think these two are certainly have had a better college career than Hawkinson and will attract more buzz than what Hawkinson did coming out. And I mean, Hawkinson was, did he get where well, he went top 10? Didn't he? Would he go about eight or something? He went number seven yeah, yeah. to the Lions. Yeah, seven. So yeah. these two are both going in the first round. And they are. The only thing about that, though, is our three tight ends are going to go in the first round because we haven't even seen Fryermouth this year yet. Yeah, I mean, they some scouts like Fryermouth as tight end one above these two. Mm. I, I don't know. But then again, you're getting back to the whole Fryermouth this year. Your big tight end who can block and you know can do it all. I, I compare him to Zach Ertz, Fryermouth. I think they're quite similar. But Zach Ertz, took, apart, apart from the fact he can he can block. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get, I get that. But that's yeah, that's what I like my tight ends to do when they're coming out. That's why I loved Hawkinson coming out. Yeah, well then that, I like Hawkinson the as well. That's why I like Pims because he out of all the tight ends in this class, apart from Hunter Long, who is he's going to come on you know, leaps and bounds. But out of these three that we're talking about here, Carl Pitts is the best blocker. Um, so I think he gets on the field earliest out of the lot. But, yeah. Um, Weird position anyway, especially for fantasy, Titans. These rookies, you're yeah, looking you at... I mean, they're not an attractive Debbie asset, really, are they, in a no. one tight end league? Because you just think, well, I've got to wait for them to come through college and then I've probably got to wait three years for them to develop yeah. in the NFL. And then... 
that's only if they're attached to a quarterback and an offensive system that favours them. A lot of things have got to go right for a, a college and rookie tight end. You know, it's very rare that you get a rookie tight end breakout. I think I think Evan is probably the last one. It is, it's really, it's really difficult, I think, to project when you look at the guys who are really good NFL tight ends. You know, nobody thought much of Kettle coming out. Darren Waller was a wide receiver. Yeah, you know, Kelsey went in the second round. People, people liked him, but it was nobody would have told you Travis Kelsey is what he is now when he came out. And to, you know, the, the guys that are, are, are most hyped are generally not superstars. Yeah, no, I agree. Which is why, to me, it's all about snaps and reps and t- and quarterback trust at tight end. And the thing that's going to get you on the field early is being able to to run block and pass block. Simple as that. Um, yeah. So anyway, t- talented tight end class coming through. Um, so moving on to receiver then. So I took this guy in round thirty of our podcast um, draft. Like I say, I got I got into him before Joshua Moore out of Texas. Um, Crowded wide receiver room uh, in Texas, but he, he come in as a four star. Um, he missed. He played in four games as a freshman. Um, he missed almost all of his season with an injury, and then in the summer um, after his freshman season, he was charged with uh, possession of a firearm um, and was suspended for a whole season by Texas. Now, that means when they suspended him that he wasn't to play in any games, but he still went on their, uh, their scout team and still stayed in the facility um, around the coaches, around the players and, and things like that. And I watched a, an interview with, with Joshua Moore and you'd automatically think, oh, you know, carrying a firearm, he's a shitbag, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's, the NFL aren't going to like him. But I, I disagree with, with, with that thought. I, I think the NFL will, will like him. I think he's a really, really good kid. Um, he, he grew up in a, in a real shito in Texas. Um, his elder brother committed suicide um, at 20, 21. He was due to uh, start off playing football for Texas and never got to do that. Um, and I think Joshua Moore was about 10 years old, 11 years old, hadn't played football really before then and basically devoted his whole life to playing football um, and signing for Texas. And that's what he's done. And they absolutely love him in Texas. Um, They just, so many plays are just play designs just for him. Um, And I I think because there's so many weapons there, it's difficult to see him you know, having mammoth production there, but I think NFL scouts are already starting to take notice in him. Um, he needs to put a little bit more size on. Six one uh, one seven six. He's listed at. Um, I think he'll probably come into the NFL about one ninety. I reckon. Um, he's obviously he's a sophomore, redshirt sophomore, so he's still got two years of eligibility still to go. Um, just pull up his stats now. Um, he's right up there in terms of, of touchdowns. Um, his first, the first play of the season for Texas was um, Sam Erlinger um, throw to, to Joshua Moore on a slant route that went 74 yards for a touchdown. Um, he had a big game then. Uh, what we had. So, so obviously, what, we four or five games into the season, um, 
19 receptions, 283 yards and five touchdowns uh, is what we've got. Um, he's had a two-two touchdown. I think he's had a two-touchdown game and three one-touchdown games or, or something like that. Um, he's, he's, he looks really, really good. And he's a guy that a lot of people wouldn't have heard of before because of all the other big names in Texas. But he's the first name on the team sheet in, in that receiver department. Um, and we know we're going to get him for another two years. So keep your eyes out for, for Joshua Moore. Um, really, really good to watch. Um, fast, great breakaway speed, good hands, um, good route runner. The only thing I need to see him improve at is just to be a little bit stronger. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if you've seen much of him, Alan. Have you or or not? To be honest, you've summed up quite well. There's not really much more to, to say. I mean, the the bit I do worry about, and it's it's always very difficult to tell with people who only ever see it a distance and on TV, um, is is just what the character concerns are, and you know, hopefully there something in his past and the story does read quite well and sounds like a very positive story at the moment. You still have to worry about it. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty big offence. So my, the thing with, with his character concerns, I mean, you, you, like I say, you never know. I mean, he's, he's very, very well spoken in the interviews, very softly spoken, um, you know, talks well. He's, from the area he comes from and the family he comes from, he's, he holds himself very well. He's doing very well academically. Um, Ahead of where he needs to be with his um, with his academic qualifications, he's actually doing quite a uh, quite a complex degree as well. What, what he's studying, um, but he what what signed it off for me is, despite the fact that he didn't play on the team, he was still part of the roster, uh, but he didn't play one game last year. The, the Texas do like a, a personality of the year award. They do an award ceremony at the end of the year, and he won that. For, for them because of how much he absorbed the playbook and just knuckled down and I think he seems like a really really good lad um, you know you can kind of tell you know with Tyreek Hill coming out of college you can tell that he the type of guy that he was and I don't see any of that from from Joshua Moore I've got I've got literally if you read about that incident that firearm incident I've got literally no worries and I think Texas did the right thing in punishing him making him watch all the games but still training for the games but not playing in them and I think that's really rubbed off on him so we'll see but he's certainly an eye to keep an eye on a guy to keep an eye on um, right running back so we, I've talked about him before Jamar Gibbs uh, stock up for Jamar Gibbs um, as a freshman obviously four star guy 5'11 202 pounds he's playing out at the minute um, good story, obviously, with Gibbs, local Georgia boy, picked Georgia Tech over Florida and LSU uh, when I think Crystal Ball 24-7 were, I think something had him like 76% to sign for LSU. They were adamant he was going to go there and he stayed with his hometown team. And um, yeah, he's, he's had more snaps than any running back there in, in Georgia as a freshman. I mean, I, I think he we could look at Jamar Gibbs as one of those mind-boggling, you know, 5,000 rushing yard guys by the time he comes into the NFL. Um, if he stays on, he stays fit and he stays on the field as much as he can. Um, they're using him in the passing game as well. Um, the only issue is obviously the quality of competition that he's played so far hasn't really been great. Um, but he will have to go to, to, to Clemson. 
and play there and we'll see how he gets on when he does that. And we've got obviously a few other tough games coming up on the schedule. You've got Louisville. Um, so we'll see. But really, you know, I mean, he was my RB2 coming in from this freshman class. I had him, I only had Bijan above him. Um, I had him above all, all, all the other guys. And um, I mean, in, in Devi drafts at the minute, I wouldn't blame you for taking him over Bijan, the way he's playing. Um, and then quarterback. Um, so again, an, another sort of name that you probably a, a lot of guys wouldn't have heard of. Uh, Zach Wilson out of BYU. Um, obviously, small school guy. Um, he was a three-star recruit coming in. Uh, 6'3", 210. So he's got fairly decent NFL size. Needs to pack a few more pounds on. Um, struggled with interceptions last year. I think he had an 11 to 9 touchdown to interception rate. Um, and then you read stories about him spending all summer um, on Zoom with Steve Young, the great Steve Young, um, talking through quarterback play. Um, and he came, you know, he came into the season um, saying that he felt a lot more confident in his ability to read defences. Um, presents himself really well in interviews and stuff. Um, I think, yeah, he's currently sitting, what, fourth in college football in passing yards. Um, he's sort of middle of the table in touchdowns, but he's sitting on an 81% completion rate at the minute, which is what they wanted him to improve, and an eight-to-one touchdown to interception rate. Um, BYU have... Obviously, other than last weekend, they struggled. But before that, they they had uh, they were doing really really well on offense. Um, the receivers were playing really well, getting open for him, um, and he was p- passing the ball downfield with ease. Um, I went back and I watched sort of five ten minutes of highlights from at the weekend, and he goes through his reads. He's not what he's not like one of these quarterbacks. Like I say it with Jimmy Garoppolo all the time. If his first read's not open, he panics and either get sacked or throws the ball away or throws an interception. A lot of the time, Zach Wilson's first reads are not open and he'll go through his progressions and he'll sit there. The offensive line's been pretty good. Um, and, you know, he'll hit his open man, like I say, 81% completion rate. Um, he doesn't throw the ball downfield very deep. I don't think he's got the biggest arm in the NFL. He reminds me a little bit of... Baker Mayfield throwing the ball between the hashes, between the numbers. Um, nice, simple scheme that he's playing in as well. Uh, so, you know, he needs to show that he can, you know, he's got the mindset to, to to operate a more complicated scheme and he can't go to a team where they expect him, I don't think, at this stage to throw the ball deep down the field. But he's very accurate. He's a good leader. Um, and he, and he's, he reads the game a lot better than what he did last season. Um, and he's a junior. He's great, he's great, he's, he's great fun to watch. He's, he's always a really fun player. Uh, moves very well, runs very well. He's pretty fearless. I'm not sure he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Uh, there's no question as, as an asset he's, he's gone up. I do, I think his path to the NFL would be something in the sort of Jalen Hawks mold. Someone drafts him to be a, to be a gadget player and, and finds, finds a role for him. Um, there are certainly similarities to face some hell. Um, maybe that's just the BYU part of it, but you know, the 
But I, I think that's exactly. the of that is the scheme thing, isn't it? Like, do, do you know what I mean? I think if, if you look at it like that, you can see that because that's the way that BYU present him. I, I think I think you're right. I, I don't think he can step in and, you know, and be a starting quarterback in the NFL by any means. But, you know, he wasn't talked about or heard about last season. And I think the way that he's playing this season, we've got to start talking about him as, a, you know, as a guy that is, you know, worth keeping an eye on. Um, as a you know an NFL backup that you know could surprise a few people. Um, Definitely. Definitely. I, I think there is there is this question of whether sort of, there are some people who think the game's going to move more and more towards this of two quarterback, you know, one running quarterback, one gadget player, and, and one passing quarterback is that you'd feel might be a maybe Robinson's path to yeah. the league. Yeah. Um, so that's our stock up. There's obviously a few other guys that we haven't mentioned. Um, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss is having a cracking season. Um, there's obviously Travis Etienne and Najee Harris were, were big names before. They're both playing uh, really, really well. Jerry and Ely's doing well down in Ole Miss. Um, and then who else have we got? Just, just trying to have a little think. Oklahoma, um, Seth McGowan, the guy that we drafted, he's injured at the minute, but he's... Uh, He's getting a lot of ball uh, as a freshman. Um, Terrence Marshall, probably my favourite player so far this season. Uh, yeah. I don't say he's the best, but Reggie, Reggie Robertson at uh, SMU has been unbelievable. He's been, yeah, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that's a great shout. And I, and I think he's looking like an NFL player as well. Um, yeah. Really good shout. Reggie Robertson's going to be a guy that's going to creep up um, Debbie boards quickly. Um, yeah, so there's, there's quite a few guys that are stock up there. We've only got about 10 minutes left, so we're just going to run through quickly a couple of stock downs. Um, so my stock down, Joan Gatter for Clemson, um, was going in round two in C2C ADP once the Justin Ross news came through. He hasn't been the guy yet. He has struggled with injuries, um, but he was dressed uh, for one game and didn't play. Um, you know, we've had Michael Thomas comps for Joe Nagata and I haven't seen that yet. Um, we could see a second half of the season explosion for him. I think they will need him as the season goes on. Um, but it's uh, certainly stocked down on, on him at the minute. Um, Frank Ladson's looked like the guy um, in that, in that uh, receiving core. Um, and even the rookie, um, EJ Williams, has, has, has looked fairly decent um so a bit of stock down on Jonah Gatto if you've got him he's a hold um he's not a sell I don't think at the stage but um I certainly wouldn't be drafting him in the first three rounds of a Debbie draft as things stand at the moment um Alan who's your stock down mate I feel as if there should be a sort of funeral march played over this but I, th I think we have to accept that Sam Ellinger is not an NFL quarterback yeah yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. We talked about him a bit before. It's a shame, really, because he looks like an NFL quarterback and you want him to be an NFL quarterback, but he's just, he's got accuracy issues, hasn't he? And he yeah, there's, got, there's, there's, like, like I said, his accuracy is so bad, he makes Carson Wentz look like Tom Brady. Yeah. It's such a shame because he's, so, he's such a fun player. He's a great leader. You know, he's, uh, he's tough and exactly kind of what you want, but he can't complete a pass when you need him to, which is yeah. a bit of a problem. And it's a shame for Texas because they've built all these offensive 
you know, juggernauts around him and then they're not, you know, they've got him throwing them the ball. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. What's, what's great particularly is Shane Bushell's and just racking up stats right left and centre in some years, aren't Yeah. Um, Jack, did you have someone? We've, we've down to about five minutes, so. Um, well, we've already mentioned him. It's just John Emery, really. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that looks a bad pick from us now. Um, why, did, why did you make us pick him? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I left you two to it and um, I come back and he was there. Um, did um, their running back, was it, is their running back Curry, LSU's? Say again. Is the, run, the starting running back at LSU Curry, Chris Curry? Uh, he's on the roster, but he wasn't listed as the starting running back, no. Oh, okay. Because I just pulled up an article here, it's just saying about Emery. Um, you got Ty- you got Tyrion Davis Price there as well, haven't you? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah got him there. But they um, they played Vanderbilt last week. Yes, yeah, Vandy, yeah. Because um, they were saying Emery looked impressed. I haven't seen that game, so I, I mean, something I have he to go caught, back. He caught a pass um, that he took about 40, 50 yards. He, they're using him in the, in the receiving game, but what we wanted for Emery once Clyde edwards Hilaire went was for him to be the free down back for LSU and live up to his high school reputation that he had coming into, into college football. And we haven't seen that yet. Again, we're only four or five games into the season. Um, yeah. what, are we, what are we in for LSU? How many have they played? Three? Yeah, three. That's what they're saying on this article, that it was a promising sign the last game out against Vanderbilt. And, yeah. I, um, I think, I mean, I've got him on a roster, mate, and I think he's a hold at the moment. But if he hasn't, you know, by sort of week eight, if he hasn't, you know, taken over that backfield completely, yeah. then he's, I'll, I'll be dropping him. Um, there's other things available. No, I think he's a, I'd say, I think he's a debut asset. He's, he's, he's diving before the rise. To, yeah. To be yeah. Even, even if he does pick up in the second half of the season, you can't see much draft captain going to where's he going to end up. Yeah. You're no, talking about the roster guy fighting, fighting, for a, fighting for a roster spot. Right? Agreed. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so that's a little summary of guys that are, that are stock up and stock down for us. Obviously, we are early in. Um, we're going to get another episode over in November um, and, and update you on, on where we are. We'll do another stock up and stock down um, and, and we'll start getting into, uh, as November, December time comes around, we'll start getting into 2021 draft uh, draft players and players that we can look at. It's going to be a weird uh, draft process, um, to say the least, with, with the virus going around and that. So... Um, you know, stand by for that. I think the combine is going to factor into draft stock more than what it has done in the past, um, especially for guys that have sat out like uh, Jamar Chase and, and players like that. But, you know, we've got the Big Ten starting in a couple of weeks, which is exciting. Some, some big players coming in. So we'll look forward to that. And we will catch up uh, again in November. Um, hopefully we'll have a few listener questions for then, uh, we apologise for for not putting any much contact uh, content out for the last month or two. Um, but hopefully, as as the college season goes in, we'll have a few more questions and we'll start to see a bit more of a clearer picture for the NFL draft. So, Jack, Alan, thanks both for jumping on and thanks for your insight on that. And we'll catch up in November. Cheers, Jason. Yep. Cheers, Jason. Cheers, lads.